We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? It is Jeff Allen. I'm here back with one-on-one with Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito. Lately, it's just been me, myself, and I getting used to this. Um, Mike, come back and join me, brother. We miss you here. Um, This show is brought to you in part by Cookie Society. This is a KCSN network show, and we're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about a few things. I don't have much to talk about. It hasn't been much lately, but we had some exciting transactions. We got Rojo. Um, Ronald Jones from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This guy is a big, physical, fast back that can get out on the edge on the perimeter and make big plays. He's also good in the screen game. I think he's going to fit the offense pretty well. I'm looking forward to seeing what Coach Reed does with with him. Um, He talked about it a little bit during the the owners meeting um, about how he will compliment Clyde and they'll both get some action. I think they compliment one another and and it's just going to be a good combination. It's going to make the offense better. We'll talk about the post Tyreek Hill era. I know I was kind of bitching about it last week. Um, we all were. Um, but Coach Reed alluded to what we all assumed and that um, there's still love for Tyreek, um, but this is 100% a business decision. Uh, you just can't pay everyone. And it just boils down to that. And, and that's what it came to. The shoe, the shoe was on the other foot, and, and Tyreek had the leverage. Um, the team didn't. Um, he was able to go out and get what he deserved with the Miami Dolphins. And they granted his wish with a trade. So we'll move on from Tyreek. We'll talk about um, the DK rumors, uh, possible replacement for Tyreek. I know we got MSV from the Packers, um, got some guys in house. Uh, so we'll see where the wide receiver position goes. I, I, I'm liking the transition to the, the bigger bodies. Um, the idea of bringing DK in, we're going to look like a, an NBA team on the outside of the perimeter with those receivers on the outside. You already got Josh Gordon in the building. Uh, it's going to be tough to guard those guys. and especially in contested situations. So that'll be exciting as well. Then we talked about Cookie Society, right? You know, Cookie Cartel. Let's talk about this month's menu. It's our birthday month, our second year anniversary in retail. So we got a special menu. We got lemon bar coming up, birthday cake. We have cosmic brownie. We have an oatmeal cream pie cookie, and we're also popping up a carrot cake cookie. We'll restock tonight at 6 p.m. Make sure you go on the website, check that out. And we're going to get right into some questions. Go ahead and cue those things up so I can read those off and, and get into it. What happens between the time you get drafted and rookie OTAs? There's a lot of crying the night you get drafted, a lot of excitement, um, a lot of anxiousness, a lot of nerves. And then you go off. You go off back to training. You're working out extremely hard. You get the playbook from the organization that drafted you. So you're kind of sharpening up on that, trying to figure out you know, what you're going to be getting into as far as systems. And then you, then you roll. You get to rookie minicamp. You know, you get those reps underneath your belt. Then the veterans come in and you, and you fall in place. Did you ever fear getting cut your first season? No, I never feared getting cut my first season, although I felt like I should have. I freaking sucked um, training camp. I, I came from the University of Illinois. I played tackle my entire career. Got to the NFL, and they moved me inside the guard. And... I know all these pundits, all these analysts say, hey, if, if you can't play tackle, move him in the guard. That is that is a mistake. I think 
guard and tackle are two different atmospheres. It's two different um, ways of playing. Guard is right now is physical, um, immediate. They're bigger guys. You have to be a stronger guy, um, way more physical. Tackle is a little bit more finesse involved. Uh, I definitely have to be an athlete. For me, I just I just didn't fit the mode. I was like a hybrid guy kind of in between. Didn't think I had long enough arms. Um, probably didn't think I moved well enough to play tackle, but kind of proved those doubters wrong when I got my opportunities there, but I also play really well at guard. How did you find an agent before the draft? That's a really good question. How did they find me? That's the question. I, you know, I had guys knocking down the door. Um, everybody wants a piece. So as a young guy with dealing with agents and all of these people coming after you, you got to do a good job of assessing the situation, having strong mentorship around you, a strong foundation. Um, hoping that you, you have someone in your corner that has some type of knowledge of with business because there's some sharks out there. Thankfully, I was able to pick a great one. Shout out to Dave Butts of Sports Stars. Um, my agent my entire career, not only a, a great football agent, but a great person, you know, that gave me a lot of cues and pointers on life. So thankful for him. If you were a cookie society cookie, which one would you be? Right now, this month, I would be an oatmeal cream pie cookie. I mean, that thing is phenomenal. Um, had it about two days ago when my wife brought it home after doing some testing, and I about fainted. Not because it was so much sugar, but it was just so damn good. Do you ever worry about any injuries ending your career? And if so, what were they? Did you ever? Um, never had any injuries that I, I worried about immediately after getting them that ended my career. It was more when I started getting concussions. Um, had a six throughout my career. When I got to around four, I, I started to think like, hey, if I continue to get these, I'm probably going to think about hanging them up because they come more frequent and, and it, they're more easy to get when you get them repeatedly. And it's, I, I got to a certain point in my career where I was like, it's not worth it. So that was one of those injuries where I was like, that this could be an, the end for me. If you're a Veach, would you trade up or stay put at 29 or 30? I would trade up. He has, a, he has 12 picks, I think, a lot of draft capital. There's some immediate needs that we need on the defensive side of the ball. Still some free agent guys out here, particular cornerbacks that we could get to shore up the cornerback position. But I think we need a pass rusher in order to get a premium type guy in a draft, which I don't know if there's any. But if, if you do get one, you're going to have to move up and you're going to have to fight for him. So I'm, I'm looking for him to move up in the draft to get a, a pass rusher. If you could trade up for one player in the top 10, giving up both first round picks, would you do it and would you take it? And who would you take? I wouldn't do it. So um, I don't know who I would take, but I think that's really risky um, to do right now, especially with giving up a player like Tyreek Hill. You already know the direction the team's headed in. It's more team building. And Veach does a really good job in the draft. So I wouldn't necessarily do that. So I don't have an answer on who, who I would take. I like DK, but I'm not a fan of trading for someone then having to pay him the next year like we did with OBJR, with Orlando Brown. Um, it just depends. With Orlando Brown, and same with the DK situation, if you're team building, it's more than just um, the number itself. I know everyone talks about the sticker value with Tyreek, but it could be an age thing. I, I know, you know some guys are outliers, but some teams play play by the book. They go by the data. They know guys once they reach a certain age um, that they're about to expire. It's just a natural law. Some guys don't apply. Those laws don't apply to some guys, but more than likely 
everyone fits their mold. So they're not going to throw a bunch of money at a 28-year-old wide receiver who only has possibly three peak years left when, you know, his game is predicated off speed. They know he's going to slow down at some point. So, you know, they may go get a 24-year-old guy like DK who has seven more peak seasons as opposed to three more. So you just never know what guys are thinking. That's just my guess. It's, it's just a It's just a business thing. What was it like to block for the best running back in NFL history for average yards per carry your rookie season? Saw you were blocking for him for three straight thousand yard seasons. It was great. He made me look really good. Um, one of the reasons why I got paid was because of Jamal. He made everyone around him look great. Extremely, extremely talented. I think he was the greatest running back that I played with. Definitely one of the most underrated running backs in NFL history. His ability to stay up through contact, his ability to you know, see the hole when it wasn't there, his ability to set up each and every block. He really made everyone around him's jobs easier. Um, and it was unfortunate that, you know, he had some injuries throughout his career that limited it, but um, he's still one of the greatest to me. Did you ever think you could play both sides of the ball in the NFL? No chance. Um, <laughs> I did before I got to the NFL. Then you realize that, you know, guys are built different. I used to think I could rush the passer until I saw guys that were getting paid to rush the passer. And I was like, yeah, I'm on the right side of the ball. If Andy were to retire something like Arians, would you rather EB, Nagy, Spags? Would you rather have EB, Nagy, or Spags take over if they decide to stay in house like the Bucks did? That's a really good question. I think they all bring special abilities. I think they all um, would do a tremendous job in that role. But for me, I, I would like to see EB. I, I think EB has the opportunity to be a great head coach. He possesses leadership skills um, that relates to players more so than the other guys, I think. Not to say that they don't relate. I just think he just has that ability to make a guy run through a brick wall. And those guys had opportunities already as head coaches. So I think, I think we give EB a shot. I think he, he'll, he'll show he's, he's worthy. How do you think defenses will play the Chiefs this year? That's a good question, too. I think um, I think it just depends on what they see in the preseason, which Andy's not going to show much. Maybe they go to what they showed early in the year with the two-high look, but, you know, with Tyreek gone, um, they may not be as afraid with the speed and get some bigger guys. So they might, they might play us straight up. I hope they do. You know, maybe we get to run the ball a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a totally different offense. So I don't know exactly what the defense will do until I see the offense. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. As an offensive lineman, how excited are you to watch us most likely run the ball more this season with big, big boys up front? I'm excited. I, I think there's something about running the football that brings an element to your offense, a toughness that makes people fear you. I know we are feared with our athleticism our speed at the wide receiver position and running backs and all that. But we have one of the best offensive lines in the league and probably the most physical. So when these guys get the opportunity to run the ball, they can impose their wills. It's, it's 
it's hard to do that in the passing game. I mean, you know, it's it's passive. <laughs> you're out there, you're going backwards, and you're doing your best to be physical. But there's nothing like going straight forward like a road grader and, and, and dumping someone. And we have the guys that can do that. And it's going to add a different dimension and layer to our offense that makes us, you know, even more fearsome. Thoughts on Jordan Davis? Don't have much thoughts. Haven't looked much into him. Um, hoping he's a good player. I'm not going to talk too much about a guy I don't know too much about, um, but I'm sure he might be a good player. Did you go to the Super Bowl parade? If so, would you share a story about the day? No, I did not go to the Super Bowl parade. I sat at home and I watched it on television like the majority of us. Uh, I'm not a big crowd person, so I kind of skipped out on that. Gilmore on a one-year deal or Bradbury trade extension? I would go Bradbury trade extension. Like I said, the theme of this, this offseason, especially after trading Tyreek, is team building. And, and you do that by going to get young guys with a, with a shelf life. And I think Bradbury has a lot of good years of football in front of him. Not to say that Gilmore can't come in and give us a, a great year and helps, help us get over that hump, but you, you, you go, 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 go for the future. Sorry about that, my phone's ringing. From a team building perspective, would you rather the Chiefs keep their picks and bring on 10 plus rookies, or would you want to trade some for proven talent? Um, it's tough. You, if you draft 12 guys, odds are that only about six, five or six of those guys are going to make the team. So I think they're going to package some of those guys together to move up in the draft. That's what I would do. Or you might go and get a Bradbury or you might, you know, go elsewhere and try to, you know, get a DK who knows what they're going to do, but I don't think they're going to use all those picks throughout this draft, they're going to package them together and, and make a move, whether it be in free agency, not free agency, that's over, whether it be with a trade with the team or in the draft to move up to a higher position. Do you think the starter right tackle next year is on the roster or do you think they will draft slash bring in the starter? I think the guys on the roster, that's going to be Andrew Wiley. Um, Andrew doesn't get talked about enough. He's one of those guys um, who – who brings his hard hat every day, um, whether it be practice, whether it be game day. He's consistent. You know what you're going to get. Um, and, and you like those types of guys. Not everyone could be a superstar. Not everyone could be, you know, the Creed Humphreys or, or the Trey Smiths, those guys that are, you know, future all pro Pro Bowl type players. Some guys are, are what they are. And while he's a solid star in his NFL, he can, he can play good football and he can help a team win. So I think he should be the starter. <laughs> In the offseason, a lot of change. Does the change, if, does that change a vet's approach to be involved in the offseason program? Um, no, I don't think so. I think more so um, with the change of the receiver position, I think Patrick is going to do what he needs to do, you know, with those guys in the offseason, whether it be in OTAs or whether that be him flying them wherever he's at or going to where they are um, and getting on the same page. But it doesn't change their approach. Um, we're all pros. Everyone has their their ways of going about the offseason, and it doesn't change with the structure of the team. Every guy um, does their job based upon themselves. Have you ever thought of going into coaching or scouting? No, um, not on the pro or college level. It's just too much dedication as far as time. And I spent a lot of my life playing football, a lot of time, you know, getting to the professional level and then playing professional football, being away from my family, the hours it takes. It's just... It's just a lot. It's a lot. And um, 
I'm not willing to do that in this time in life. I'm, I'm extremely busy right now running my own business. And I like going to my kids' games and having a little bit more flexibility to be able to do things when I want to. So um, that, I don't see that in my future. Maybe I coach on a youth level. I'm coaching you know, soccer right now. I'm a five-year-old. Um, but maybe I do high school football or something like that. Thoughts on Ronald Jones. I think he's going to be a ton of swag. He's going to bring a ton of swag to this offense and running back room. I, I do too. I think he's going to bring a different element. Um, we haven't had a big back like this since, you know, Kareem Hunt. Um, I think he's going to bring, and I hate to compare guys, but he has that, you know, similar build, um, does have a little bit more speed, a little bit more breakaway ability, but I think he's going to bring a different element to this offense. When I, I mean by that, it's just, just a big physical guy with, with speed that can bring a hammer um, that we, we haven't had in a while. How much do you think the new wide receivers affect the run game this year? I hear they are bigger and better at blocking. I think they'll I think they'll do a good job of um, springing some runs. You know, a guy like Juju, he he's one of the best blocking wide receivers in the NFL. Um, and then you have MS MS MVS. I keep messing up the the letters, um, but he's a good blocker as well. Josh Gordon, even last year, he mixed it up a little bit in there. So anytime you have a group that's willing to block and get in there and make those, you know, five, six yard gains, touchdowns. It's only going to make, you know, the offense more efficient. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. Would you trade up for Jameson? Yes, I would. Um, I hope they trade up for him <laughs> because this guy is one of those, um, I want I don't want to go out on a limb and say once in a lifetime type of guys, but he's a special guy with some juice that could bring, bring a, another playmaker to this offense. Um, so I, I would like to see that. Um, the odds of that happening, I think, are low, but uh, maybe Veach is, is feeling froggy. I don't know if we can get a young cornerstone edge in the draft. Seems like it's in high demand. I agree. Um, I don't think uh, – we're not getting in the top five, so – I think that's off the board for us. Even if we, I don't think we're getting in the top 10. So that's going to be tough to get. So uh, we're probably going to have to look at another position. Has there been any communication between you and the Chiefs about the draft possibly helping them? No. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I don't watch enough film to give them help on the draft. Um, but if I did, I probably could. But I haven't gotten, I've gotten calls before. Um, but not anything dealing with the draft. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs secondary? Uh, I think I think we need to bring someone in. Uh, we lost we lost a good one. I think Ward was a really good corner. Um, did a really good job, you know, in this time with the Kansas City Chiefs. So you're gonna have to replace that production. Then you got Honey Badger. He's gone. Um, you don't just lose the the ability of Honey Badger. You lose his leadership. And that's going to be tough to replace. I, I saw that they brought in Reed, who, who's a really good player, um, really physical. I think he'll he'll bring an out a level of production, but there's still going to be some holes that we need to fill there. May have been asked before I joined, but what is your ideal second round draft for the Chiefs? Oh, I, I would go in the second round. I'm not going to go. A particular player, but I'll, I'll go position, and I'm going to stick with defense, and I'm going to go secondary. We need um, a young corner, somebody that we can build with, 
maybe someone who, you know, has potential that may need a little bit of work um, that wouldn't be too far of a reach in the second round. Okay, I don't see any other questions. So I'm gonna give a shout out to Troy. Troy, I don't know your last name, but I met you yesterday at Cisco at a pickup while I was picking up ingredients for my bakery. Troy, um, you're a good one, man. Talked about, he watched the show all the time. So I want to give you a shout out. Hope you're listening today, man. I appreciate it. Go Chiefs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.